we get out? Can we get on? Can we get on? And baby, can we go long? Can we go home? Never before. Can we find the life that he don't want anymore? Well, I don't wait to wander and soul. Can we be lost when we got nowhere to go? Put it in gear. Nothing to fear. Start singing along, my darling, come over here. following on from you talking about the masculine and feminine imbalance on your Wild Wednesday the other day and this old paradigm moving into a new paradigm and how we're welcoming in the new feminine and what that made me think about was um, the fact that the paradigm that we currently find ourselves in is really a collection of individual patterns that we continue to play out and the paradigm then becomes this keyhole through which we can see where the imbalance lies for us as individuals and then what I'm noticing is that we continue to turn up this masculine energy so loud even as a way to address these imbalances and I think what we were talking about just now is how can we almost be the doctors of our own experience and start recognizing what the what is the essence of feminine and masculine energy in real life what are the symptoms of it when it's out of balance in our life and what can we start doing to remedy that within our own experience so that we're sovereign and taking complete responsibility for that which ultimately if we're all doing that or more of us are doing that it's going to sort of spread into generating that new paradigm that we wish for yeah and i think the the most important question the most important word you mentioned there was responsibility because i think that's the key for us to recognize our responsibility which is about recognizing our power in that when we recognize that our embodiment of the feminine creates begins to create the embodiment of the feminine the collective then we realize our power but we have to begin by realizing our responsibility that our lives are this responsibility to try to find this equilibrium if we want the world to change if we want the world to change you know so it's and it's not an easy thing to do you know I think the thing that people would say to someone like me a lot is like well it's easy for a white male to say that that kind of thing but um, but it, it almost is like we have to look at someone like Trump and everything we hate in him and and acknowledge that okay well whatever we hate in him or whatever we see in him is a reflection of something to be to be healed or to be rebalanced within us. And so let's use that as an example, right? So Trump, mm-hmm. um, here is an example of where there's masculine energy that's turned up too loud yeah. and it is manifesting as intolerance. Right. It's manifesting as, well, a scarcity mentality in the sense that we need to have, I mean, you'll be better to speak on this than me. 
because I didn't really follow it. Well, I think the first one is a good one. I mean, just sort of this underlying insecurity and the way to react to that insecurity is by belittling others. Or So what is that? There's this fear of... It's control. It's this desire for control. And masculine energy is very uh-huh. much about control, which is neither good nor bad, but again, turned up too loud, mm-hmm. it creates a, a misbalance. Absolutely. Yeah. Control. Control for fear of the unknown. Control for fear of the unknown, usually. Yeah. And the unknown, of the unknown being uncertain. the feminine. Feminine is the uncertain, the unknown, the void, the realm of possibility. Whoa. And so here what I'm really feeling and seeing is this almost like deep existential fear of feminine power. That's exactly what we are, that's exactly what we are living through, Mm. is the deep existential fear of feminine power. And everything that we are seeing and experiencing for the last thousands of years is an embodiment of that is the manifestation of that whether it's really specific to females like burning burning witches witches, or whether it's you know um, generalized across the fear of what's different in terms of racism or prejudice or whether it's you know the, the, uh, a fear that can come out of this fear of the unknown is the fear of scar- the scarcity mentality. A fear that there won't be enough or that I don't know what's coming next so I better have everything that I need and my need today. And so all of these things that we like to... We, we really like to look at these, what I think are symptoms of this existential fear of the feminine. Um as separate, unique things because we experience them individually. So it's easy to say, well, this is my this is my wound or this is the women's wound or this is the African-American's wound or this is the person of darker skin's wound. And that is true. And yet, collectively, it seems like they're deriving from this... this singular origin it's like the ultimate mother wound it's the ultimate mother wound it's like the mothership it's the mother the mothership (laughs) of the mother wound because we all carry our own mother wound but collectively we're carrying this enormous mother wound and it doesn't matter what color your skin is and it doesn't um, and I'm not saying that to be insensitive but if we are going to sort of try and extract this into what I feel like is the most truthful, all-encompassing representation of what's occurring. Because it shouldn't matter what your skin color is. If we're all suffering from this mother wound and how it's manifesting in our experience and then how that is then generating in the collective and as we were talking about earlier, how, you know, when we're talking about... um, BLM or women's rights or whatever whatever it is it's often being met with a masculine energy right the solution the solutions provided to those things are increasing of masculine energy it's more Which control more force, more it's control. more force it's more intolerance mm-hmm. it's you know rebranded in a different way yes. but if we can really 
collectively look at it energetically, we see that it's just a continual, it's the pendulum swinging even further towards that imbalance of masculinity. And what we need to really invite in is more receptivity, more listening, more stillness, more being, more witnessing. Yeah, and it's, I mean, to put it in an individual, like what we need on the collective can be defined in this dynamic we so often see individually. Or say in relationship, you feel like you're not getting listened to. And the exact thing that you feel like you need to break through is often the exact thing that you feel like you need to give. And this is where I, like, and most people who hear this or a lot who hear this are going to say, well, Chase, that's easy for you to say because you're a white male. You have all this you know, status and privilege and have been afforded all these things. But if I take, I really believe all this is relational and I really think that's, we need to embody it even though we were never given it. Yes. That is how we break this cycle of the overabundance of masculinity. And as hard as that is to stomach for people who have lived lives with such apparent and drastic suffering and tragedy at the hands of this overly masculine system because they've been the greatest victims of it, it I still believe that is potentially what's necessary and from my own experience the way I have um, implemented that and I think this is a great way to be ultimately self-responsible um, and activate your sovereignty is to really sit in yourself and imagine what and how do you most desire to be treated and loved and what is it that you needed that you never got because you know you know in your bones what you needed that you never got and if you can identify what that is without having ever experienced it you can start then treating yourself with that very love, tenderness, by listening. You know, we demand others to listen to us, but how often do we really listen to ourselves? So we can start acting with that kind of kindness and compassion towards ourselves, which can then start spreading to the other relationally. And then when we're in healthy relationship to others in our immediate sphere, where you know, to something you talk about a lot with relation to community, we can start to build these healthier communities that are sort of relating in a way that is mm-hmm. respectful and balanced. Well, and that's exactly it. And this is the feminine also, that the feminine is not about conceptualization of these things, but about embodiment. embodiment. And so embodiment is about how you relate to yourself. There is a conceptual aspect to that. There's the mental aspect to that. But it's truly about how you relate to yourself. And there's so much argument in political spheres, philosophical spheres about, you know, will the change in our society be top down or bottom up? And it's, it will always be inside out. It's yeah. inside out. Yeah. And it is about this embodiment that will bring the balance. And just to your point, I mean, we learn how to relate to ourselves. And to the extent that we can relate to ourselves, we can relate to other people. And to the extent that a small group can relate to each other, they can relate to a larger community, to the extent that community can relate to other communities. Oh, the harmony. Yeah, the harmony and the truly cascading sort of effect that that can have. 
I feel that that's the, just the tonic to heal the mother wound right there to sit with yourself and go what is the thing I most needed that I never got because just to use the archetype of a mother it's it's like we're all craving that mother's love mm-hmm. well and what are we looking to do we're looking to collectively embody the feminine and when you're having that conversation you are bringing calling the feminine spirit the mother spirit into yourself and you are bringing it into how you move through the world and that's what we're each you know self that's what we're each responsible for in this yes. life responsible to ourselves to live a good and and fulfilling life but responsible to this thing the mother earth and and i see them as really connected i'm just making this sort of connection now but what you're calling forth in that moment is is the probably the energy of the mother earth absolutely you're bringing it back into your everyday awareness that care that consideration which unsurprisingly with the masculine turned up so loud you know, with industrialization and uh, agricultural practices en masse, all of these things, we've just raped the planet. Mm-hmm. We're dumping plastic everywhere. We're just making, 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 doing, 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 more, more, more. Mm-hmm. And, and she's fucking tired. And then, you know, we are experiencing this pandemic virus situation right which is a symptom of the imbalance with our relationship to the planet and to the earth and it, all of its creatures and we're not living in harmony with our very home mm-hmm. with the very thing that houses us and protects us and gives us warmth and oxygen and water and the resources we need to live like it's a miracle that we exist in this fucking universe go find another planet in the solar system that has life like we're pretty lucky and here we are just taking it all for fucking granted (laughs) yeah yeah and to your point i mean this virus and the viruses that have come before and the increasing presence of virus as a as a corollary to increasing disease meaning that you know we see it in correlation to disease is just this messenger to you that your point this is just the message from mother earth saying hey there's more and more ecological disruption we have to send out new telegrams to to the organisms of the earth so that they can adapt if they want to live through you know this thing that's happening and so we'll just see, I mean, the part of everything that happened with COVID, you know, listen, the feminine would be, the feminine response would be to listen. To listen. That's what I think is so funny. You know, and, and what yet, are we doing? Oh no, like mask, cover it up. Stop it. Let's try and kill this thing. How many barriers can we put between us? How, and essentially, so essentially our response is to kill the messenger. Kill the messenger and put ourselves in a fucking echo chamber. Yeah. Yeah, and kill the alternative narratives and kill the, you know. Oh, so we, oh my brain hurts thinking about that. <laughs> so It is one big fucking echo chamber. Yeah, yeah. Of the same fucking message. Yeah. And the listening, the listening. And the feminine would be to listen, the to stop, to, to pause, to listen. What is in this for me? Yeah. Yeah, and the feminine, I don't know, for me there's also, 
mean, I don't want to get too far off track, but there's also, for me, the acceptance of the feminine is redefining our, our relationship with death. Because, um, because, and redefining how we see death, how we define death. I mean, that's a bit, I'm being a bit redundant here, but essentially, you know, death as rebirth. When we can begin to see death as rebirth, but we can't begin to see death as rebirth until we stop being so egocentric as humans until we stop recognizing that our death creates a certain matter that is helpful to the earth, to the ecosystem from which we came. It's the return of the clay to the, to the block. Yeah. You know, and so until we can begin to see life a bit more broadly than just me, Chase, holding on to his identity and this... Me as separate from life. Me as separate from life. Mm then we can't do that but once we can we begin to see the beauty and rebirth the beauty and birth the beauty of menstrual cycles mm-hmm. this death of the possibility of life so it become to make space for the next thing you know and and other cultures really nail this a lot better than than western civilization does but because also part of our control is a response not just to the unknown but our, our hurried and reactive desire to prevent a particular type of death that scares us. A particular type of death that we think maybe, just maybe we can control our way out of. If yeah. we put enough barriers up, if we make sure people don't act in a particular way, if we make sure they don't believe or hear certain things, if we then maybe, just maybe, that one specific type of death we can control for. It, uh, it's, it creates a neurosis in society because, I mean, your time's going to come when it's going to come and you have no choice in how. Not really. I not mean, really. I, have, I have read, I may or may not have shared with you in The Anatomy of the Spirit, a story of a man who... Um, and his wife lived in harmony with the land and he was into his hundreds he probably lived in one of these blue zone areas and he could no longer sustain um, his involvement in life uh, he could no longer like carry the wood to make the fire and and because he couldn't do that anymore he was like well it's my time so he stopped eating he consciously made that decision and and slowly died within a few weeks um, I mean, I feel like that's an exception here, but whether you contract a disease or whether you just take your last breath in old age, because this body is temporary. Like I think we fancy ourselves or the ego likes to fancy itself immortal. And yet we're fighting against the very, um, transitory nature of this physical body that we're in. And we know that all things physical, um, transform or shift or change and they may not go anywhere but to what you were saying earlier like the clay returning to the the block like we will this body will disintegrate back into the earth Mm -hmm. um yeah yeah and even i mean there were just there's so many other symptoms here that are coming to the surface of this masculine and feminine thing even just our concept of time our ability to relinquish this concept of time, mm. our ability, 
that it itself is trying to organize reality in this very masculine way. And, and in a lot of respects, it's arbitrary. It's I mean, completely arbitrary. And, and it's so damaging. Yeah. Yeah. It's certainly not cyclical. It's certainly not in harmony to the extent it could be with nature. Um, it's certainly not allowing for the fluidity and change and evolution that we know to be true of, of humanity and people. But... But that ties into our ideas of, um, I don't know, just this idea, like how do we truly deepen into our impermanence and the temporariness of everything, which is also really this feminine, which is the uncertainty. How do we embody, how do we live with our mortality? You know, I think one of the questions through a lot of this COVID stuff, as I was speaking up, there was always the response of, well, Chase, are you just saying that we do nothing? And, um... Why is it that doing nothing? Or, like... (laughs) That's a funny question. Because that also says everything, doesn't it? The masculine always needs to be doing something. The masculine always needs to be doing something. And sometimes there's power in letting things lie. Sometimes there's power in waiting. Sometimes there's power in space. There's power in winter. There's power in things being dormant for a period of time. There's a power in not doing. Well, and like we don't have any respect nine for that. months of you're not really doing, allowing the universe to create life within you. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, like, so astute. What, just that <laughs> that question says so much about culturally where that person is coming from. Yeah, you know what? Do nothing, guys. Do nothing and fucking sit and observe and see what comes into your awareness for a hot minute. Amen. Amen. I mean, maybe what we need is just more people doing that because, I, at least for my part, I don't get a lot of clarity when I'm in the midst of doing, doing, doing. No. I don't get reflection when I'm doing, doing, doing. I don't get perspective when I'm doing, doing, doing. And that's something that we really miss in society and has only been exacerbated since we've become a very digital society with the onset of, like, the internet and globalization and, and I mean, having formerly worked in news, like, I just think about the news cycle shifting from once upon a time a newspaper coming out every day or like however or a week a week and then there would be reflection on the happening from the week before and we would go okay what happened why did this happen what can we learn from this how can we avoid this happening again in the future what is the wisdom in this for us to extract but now that we live in this society that's so like Everything is so ephemeral, but it doesn't hang around at all for long enough for us to even, like, contemplate it. There's no contemplation. There's no reflection. We're not learning from history. We're not learning from what happened. It's just, again, it's becoming this echo chamber, and it's very concerning when I start thinking about all of the government bodies that are trying to control the media messages that are being very singular in nature... And this is the truth, and we want to avoid mis- misinformation. Yeah. It's quite scary. It's very limiting. 
Yeah, what's scary about it? It's scary because it means that it's taking away people's power. It's taking away the recognition of the individual to know that they have the capacity to cultivate their own um, thoughts and opinions and that they actually have the power to drop into their own wisdom and intelligence within the body on a cellular level so that they can make decisions that are resonant for them because what's right for you may not be right for me and vice versa but that's not to say that we can't live harmoniously with one another it doesn't need to be this singular way of living existing breathing believing right well yeah totally and it's (laughs) i mean you really said it there that's the uh right we are we are not returning people to the capacity to to their own capacity to think through things to have reflection to come to new understandings instead we're reacting to we don't like where the narrative has led us so we're reacting to that not with an opportunity to create space so collectively a new narrative can be created but just with more control to to, to, to to define for them what the new direction and narrative should be it's just another masculine response and it's done in a way that is potentially the blind leading the blind who's to say that all these tech companies that are getting on board with one specific narrative are actually taking the time to have the depth of reflection that they need are they doing nothing long enough to have new understanding in their lives and to me i would say no because if anything is the epiphany of this masculine control in our society in the entire trajectory of human society's evolution that epitome of immature masculinity is this tech industry is oh and and so to it is the blind leading the blind. They can't be aware of their lack of embodied femininity. And therefore, they're, they're only going to do anything but perpetuate that. You know, when I watched this movie, The Social um, the social Dilemma, and these guys are, I don't know if you've seen it, but these guys are talking about how bad, you know, we're so sorry we created the internet in this way because, because it, um, because it what? Because it created a... Uh, you know, it's created, it's allowed for all of these false narratives to be, to come to fruition, to, be, you know, take control of people. And so we are going to take it upon ourselves is essentially how they end the film, you know, and, and what they do. This guy, Tristan Harris, and he and his organization, the Center for Humane Technology, I think it's called. But they, they're sort of and a lot of other people in tech, they've decided, well, we created this monster, so we'll take it upon ourselves to write the course. Mm. And yet, there's just such arrogance or blindness or ignorance in that to not recognize that everything you created is that's this product of you, of who you are. And unless these men and women in this industry have actually changed... If anything, they should just step the fuck back. They should get out of this role. Something dropped in when you were sharing that, when we were talking about the idea of, um, you know, this current paradigm being a keyhole into what some of our issues are individually to work through. Yeah. Um, is this idea 
it's it's actually rather insidious ego centric sort of stuff but it's like we're just being it's the world is just trying to gaslight humanity and make humanity question their reality question their ability to trust themselves question their ability to have any sort of fucking sense of what is right or correct for them individually no 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 don't you dare engage in misinformation because let me tell you what you need to be listening to because you don't know i know what's best for you and then to your point with the tech companies who are just like well they're doing the same thing well no 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 what you know about health isn't true what you've experienced in your life can't be true what you've heard isn't true denying presuming to know the soul and essence of a person through um customer behavior data big data collecting all of the fucking big datas and like how can we form a person through this and like track them and follow them and know their every move and then start feeding them what we think they want which is ultimately just reinforcing their conditioning reinforcing their narratives that may not even be serving them which are likely not serving them because what does serve us is change what does serve us is being thrust into the unknown and evolving and expanding to meet that new experience yeah yeah and and i love what you said at the beginning of that too about the world really forcing us really gaslighting us Mm -hmm. i mean and as destructive as that is and as much as we often talk about that in this sort of victim and perpetrator way um but that's just when you come out the other side of that you realize that everyone's a victim that the perpetrator is just doing what as much as they know how to do right and i think what's cool in that is we can begin to see that the world is going to force us into the unknown mm-hmm. we can go there willingly or it will drive us mad until we have lost all sense of reality, mm-hmm. until we have realized that we have gone crazy, mm-hmm. until we have realized that much of life is an illusion. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are going to go there kicking and screaming. And that's what I think we're seeing. But Earth, Mother Earth, is going to force this equilibrium. Of course. And it will force it on humanity, whether humanity goes along, survives through whatever happens on earth or not. But those who do survive, they're going to have this understanding. They're going to have confronted the unknown. They're going to have confronted their own illusion, their own delusion of story, of all these things. Because, you know, further on in your point, I mean, what we... What we need now is not someone to tell us a new story. What we need now is to recognize our own capacity of storytelling and take responsibility for that. And that's what everything here is going to force us into. That's why, I mean, this dissolution of trust in media is a good thing, ultimately. Well, and it's also that discernment is very um, feminine in nature too, right? The, the protective mother bear like it's that protective sort of energy of like do you have the right have you earned the right to come into my little bear cub family yeah. <laughs> you know um, that is 
and that's another thing that's and and that sort of gaslighting point that's just an expression of very immature like low level masculine energy yeah. And that's just something that's Absolutely. really coming to the forefront into our awareness for us I'm... to see and process. And unsurprisingly, when we're talking about, you know, the narrative in this kind of self-development sphere, we're seeing a lot of conversation around victim mentality, around gaslighting, around narcissistic relationships, around toxicity in relationship, all because this is the same essence of that immature masculine energy that we all carry within us whether you're a man woman whatever however you identify um that's for us to heal individually we have to heal how how are we walking through life gaslighting people and i know that sounds like an aggressive word but it could just be as simple as invalidating someone's emotional experience because we're uncomfortable with their discomfort so rather than holding space for someone to feel what they're feeling which the feelings is very feminine we're uncomfortable with the feminine we're uncomfortable with the vastness the mystery of it all someone's emotional having a moment oh it's okay oh it's not that bad don't worry that's gaslighting someone that's an example of really low level gaslighting because you're literally questioning having them question their Reality, which in an in an emotional state, your reality can only ever be seen through that emotional lens. It's not possible to see it clearly yet because you're in it. You're in the fucking vortex at that point. So, Wushka. Wushka. Um, you know, and I, yeah, I guess what I'm just trying to say is like that's that's such a simple example that we can practice with ourselves and in relationship and start just drawing a little bit of awareness towards so that we can choose to act differently and in that moment be with the other person and sit with our own discomfort of them being volatile of them being in their own saucy feminine moment can we hold that can we be can we be the mature masculine and hold the create the container to hold the volatility of that feminine expression yeah so that's then exalting that that low level masculine into like something high level and powerful Mm -hmm. and that's a perfect example to go back to where we started this conversation of of looking using the collective as the mirror for what can be transformed what the world is asking us to transform within ourselves individually whatever you're perceiving as that for us like i'm really seeing this gaslighting dynamic right now too so that's my invitation to go in and say where am i being intolerant of someone else's emotional state and thus reacting in this way or even i would expand it to where am i being intolerant of a diversity of belief you know and thus um denying someone their belief in what health is or what um, what's happening in the world right now. Diversity of being. Diversity of being. So I think that's a great invitation and a great way to take that macrocosm sort of dynamic and and the power is always going to be in how you how you do how, what you do with that as an individual. Mm. So bring that back to the microcosm.
but that's where the real healing and transformation 